So, hello. Hey. Hey, um, this is Pencil Us In, and uh, today you're not going to get an actual episode. It's going to be Ooh. a different sort of episode. Yeah, you know what episode it is? It's June time. Yeah. So. It's Pride Month. Yeah, so we figured we had to do something, and uh, we only have a limited amount of time for the remaining two weeks to play with, so we're just going to do two parts. Two parts, yeah. No, but like, I hope people are looking at our Facebook page I don't know if you're posting it on our Twitter, but on our Facebook page, we I'm not were, even bothered with Twitter. Nobody follows Twitter. us on Twitter. Oh, but um, we're we've sad been, people. We're, we've been putting up comic book characters or comic book series dedicated to uh, the LGBTQ plus. Yeah, and we're going to blow that out, blow out that list for our our, our next Pride episode, which will be part two. Yeah. But for part one. We're going to talk about a list of five creators that each of us made. Yeah. So, ten total, uh, but five for each of us. Should we go one and one and one? Um, yeah, if you want to. Okay. So, um, well, this list is obviously going to be, you know, people who are somewhere on the LGBTQ uh, spectrum. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's going to run around, um, and uh, I guess, what, do you want to get started? Okay. No, it, it, I think it's fun talking about them. Yeah, I mean... Um, it made me look up a list of people and go, oh, hey, I recognize that guy. <laughs> I made you look up the list no, of no, people. No, no, the, the topic itself made me do it that. It made you. Yes, it made me. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to start. Okay. My first person is Katie O'Neill. And uh, please elaborate. Okay, Katie O'Neill was, uh, well, it's not what she is, a comic book artist and creator, and she created the book Princess, Princess Ever After which is about a princess that's stuck in a tower and the knight who saves her is another woman. And so she's just like, I don't understand. But then, you know, things happen and sometimes your prince is a princess. Yeah, I mean, the person who saves you doesn't have to be a specific gender. No, it's cool. Yeah. It's actually really pretty. Oh, okay. They're a good artist? Yeah, I like. I really like Katie O'Neill's art. Good. Yeah, so you want to go? You have to show me examples at some point. Yes, I will. Or maybe you can put up on the, the Facebook page. Yeah, maybe, we'll, maybe maybe this will be a thing we do, too. Yeah, we'll put up all of we'll our people's. Out. So I'm going to start from way back in the way. Oh, dang. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Matt Baker. Have you heard of this guy? Nope. You'll you'll know who I'm talking about as soon as I start describing this. Okay. Uh, he's an artist from the Golden Age. Uh-huh. But uh, he's not only the probably, probably the most prominent black artist from that time period, but also, according to his friends, gay. Uh, it's not like he talked about it over much because he died in, like, the 50s. Um, uh, but, um, you know, according to other, some people, he actually probably had a relationship with his publisher of, uh, St. John Publications. Oh. But, um, he's most well known for good girl art. Oh, good girl art. Yeah. So, you know that one Phantom Lady cover? Yeah, yeah. That's him. Oh, nice. So, that's Matt Baker right there. He didn't just do Phantom Lady. He did a couple other comic yeah. books. But, uh. You know, that one particular cover with Phantom Lady being was tied to a post. Uh-huh, yeah. That's Matt Baker. Okay. A lot of you people probably already know what I'm talking about. If I don't, just Google Phantom Lady. You'll see that image. Yeah, it's a it's a super kind of famous image. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find it. All right. You're done? Oh, you want to talk about now? Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about uh, Gengoro Tagamine. Yeah? Yeah. So, remember, I think it was like day 12 or 13, I posted... That comic story, My Brother's Husband. It's on the Facebook. It's on the Facebooks. That He's the author for that. Yeah. Okay. So he is uh, actually one of the most influential creators in the gay manga genre. 
So he does, he does a lot of this thing called bara, which is like strong, like super muscular dudes. Yeah, you told me that was a thing once. That's a thing, yeah. Bara's a thing. Uh, I have a question for you. Yes. Is that specifically for gay people or is it just a genre that a lot of Japanese people in general enjoy? Um, I think it depends because like a, a lot of gay people do enjoy bara. Right. It's like two, yeah, they're burly dudes, but like sometimes I'll read bara because I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, just like um, just like people who are into like the boys love stuff, right? Yeah, that's not the, necessarily the, gay. The yaoi. Yeah, yeah, boys love with their big hands. Yeah, not necessarily gay people. No, it's super super a lot of women. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's that book, uh, my brother's husband. That's like way beyond like what he actually like did before. But he did a lot of like S and M stuff and like super hyper masculinity, like uh. Some erotic stuff? Erotica, yeah. He's a. I mean, erotic as erotic artist. as Japanese can get. Oh, they got pretty bad. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't. I know that they have some restrictions. I just know that yeah. they can't show, you know, penises. <laughs> it's blurred out. Yeah. So, I mean, you get a full view of everybody's penis. <laughs> no, it's, his art's really good, too, if you want to check him out. um, Just have. If if you want to, because his, his stuff is pretty, pretty intense. Okay. But that my brother's husband though, great story. Oh. Like like I said in that Facebook post, I ugly cried. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, good. Next up for me, you'll know this name, Phil Jimenez. Oh hey, Phil Jimenez. Yes, best known for his work on Wonder Woman mostly, but he also did things like Infinite Crisis, uh, New X Men for Marvel, work with Grant Morrison on The Invisibles, uh, various works. The guy's been uh, doing a lot of stuff. So um, is largely known as an artist, but he did write books too. For example, the Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, um, you know, still kicking it. Still. Guy does his stuff. Yeah, still kicking it. I really enjoyed that Wonder Woman. That's the good. I mean, he, he reminded me when I first saw his artwork, and I was like, George Perez came back? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, very George Perez-y. So, yes. uh, but, uh, you know, still good. It's but still- that, at least back then, he's he still got an influence from George Perez. Oh, yeah. Still good. Still going. Yeah. Uh, my next person, you probably heard of her, right? Molly Ostertag. You know who That's that only is? because you showed me that earlier today. Yeah, no, yeah, strong strong female protagonist with uh, your boy, Brennan Lee Mulligan. Yeah. Um, that was a webcomic? It was a webcomic, yeah. Yeah, I never really read it. I just know that he did it because he talked about it when he was being interviewed at one point. Yeah, he wrote it and then like she illustrated it. Yeah, and I know she works for Disney yeah, because she, you were saying she was. She works for Disney doing Star versus the Forces of Evil. Is that show still going? Nope, it has ended. I'm sure she's still working for them, though. Yeah, but you know what else she did? Which mm-hmm. was which I just found out she did that Thundercats Go show, the one that uh, oh, okay. everybody got backlash on. I was like, okay. Uh, well, man, how many episodes did they end up airing? I don't like know, two, like three? two or three. Yeah, they they had a lot of backlash. It was stupid. I mean, yeah, backlash for some of the wrong reasons, but um. I think at the same time, uh, there was a reckoning coming for that particular style. It just, that happened to be the show that everybody latched on to. The bean mouth? Yeah. Sorry, guys. The There's a lot of bean mouth. Poor timing. There's a lot of bean mouth. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still going. It's still going. It's still going. But, uh, I mean, like, look at the reaction that people had to um, the most recent trailers for, like, the He-Man that's coming up, right? Oh, yeah. They obviously did that in a more... 
This is stylized style still, right? Mm-hmm. But they actually decided to draw out muscles as opposed to have lumpy masses with bean mouths on them. Um, <laughs> the bean mouth. And people are all like, oh, this looks awesome. It's, you know, this it looks like the show back in the day. It does not. It does not. That is a lie. Yeah. You have lied to yourself. How many more lies are you going to tell yourself? But at the same time, it's still recognizable as, say, like a He-Man. I was I was willing to give that Thundercats a chance, just like Teen Titans go. Yeah. I'm just saying... Um, when it came to that show, I think that they came out trying to use that style, probably directed by executives, because that's what everybody thought they were going to do. And uh, they just ran into a wall of resistance because that, the backlash was coming. Sorry, Molly Ostertag. <laughs> Some people in Sorry. general involved in that show. Sorry about that. Yeah. But you know who she's married to? She's married to Noelle Stevenson. The She-Ra lady. Yeah. yeah. The Lumberjanes lady. Yeah, also a comic person. Yeah. So uh, you got a two for there. Yeah, there you go. Two for one mention. Lumberjanes was actually kind of confusing in the beginning. Um, I didn't read it. You so. didn't read it. I read it. It was like I know of it. Though. It was a hard to, um, like, figure out what was happening in the beginning, but then it like hit a stride. So well, a lot of times, so, uh, it takes a little bit of time to figure out how to do things. Yep. Page by page, uh. Issue by issue, that sort of thing, if you were relatively new at that. Yep, that's why I don't give up. Yeah. Just keep going like we are. And now I don't know all Stevens to do webcomics before that, but webcomics are different than comic books. They are way different, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, but that's a different discussion for different times. Yeah. What's next? You, you're we next. have Devin Grayson. Devin, Devin K. Grayson. Devin K. Grayson. Have you heard that name before? Nope. Um, She did work on many Bat books back in the late 90s into the mid 2000s. Um, She got into doing that sort of stuff because she was a big fan of the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. And so she was fascinated by the relationship of uh, Dick Grayson and Batman. She's like, oh man, have Batman as your father. What's that got to be like, right? But um, so. Weird. Also, also she, she shares the same name as the boy Wonder himself. So she's like, special connection right here. With the Grayson? Yeah, she actually um, wrote Nightwing for three or so years, from like 2003 until about 2006. I have to ask. Yeah. I have to ask for a little bit. Is she responsible for the Nightwing ass? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, everybody knows about Nightwing ass, but that's been going on since the 90s. Yeah. So. Nightwing butt. I don't know. They they released this. In Japan, they had like a Kotobuyu. Buyuki, I think it's called Koto, Kotobuki. The statues, like they they had the Bishojo statues too, where they, like they would glam up um, Black Canary and Wonder Woman and Huntress. They had one for Dick Grayson, which prominently featured his ass, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Some people are really into that. Into the ass. Um, what was her name? Uh, Nicola Scott. Yeah. And we went at the convention and she she's like, Oh, don't mind me. I'll draw whatever you want, but I'm busy drawing Nightwing. She you know what? She had it going on. Yeah. <laughs> knows what she wants. So. She knows what she wants. Uh Grayson also did work for Marvel and other publishers. Uh she's even done some novels like, you know, Batman and other stuff novels. Nice. So yeah, there you go. Don't ever have Batman as your father. <laughs> it's not usually a good idea, but it's better than having no dad. Um, better sh- than having no dad. <laughs> better than having no dad. No, you know, at I'm least at least Dick, look. See, Batman might be messed up. But uh-huh. We all know that Dick Grayson is probably the most well-adjusted person in the DC universe. He didn't have a dad. Batman. 
I thought that was more like his mentor. He's I don't had know if it's dad, like dad. He's had he's had bat dad for longer than he had original dad. That's true. He had bat dad. <laughs> bat dad. I mean, like, what about like Tim Drake? That he had bat dad. Yeah, but he's messed not up. As long as um, not as long as uh, you know, Jason Todd. Jason Todd is Jason Todd. <laughs> He shouldn't I like exist anymore. You just had that resigned voice when you said that. It's like, Red Hood, Red Hood should, should never existed. <laughs> okay. Hashtag, you know, at me. Yeah. Hashtag don't at me. Hashtag don't at me. <laughs> Yo, right. so you up? Yep. I'm gonna talk about a person we don't know the name of. Their pseudonym is Chi, like the Chopitz character, cool. and yeah, and she wrote a story called "The Bride Was a Boy." And it's about her transition. She, she yeah, she's transgender, right? Her transition and her story of becoming born as a male, transitioning to a female, then meeting her husband and then subsequently marrying him. And it's actually pretty fun because she goes over and explains her surgery and what she had to do and she had to go to counseling and then changing her gender, which is a pain in the butt, by the way. I learned from reading her comic. It's just a pain to change your gender in Japan. Is this in Japan? Yeah, it's in Japan. Okay, she, it's a manga. Sorry, she's. It's called like a, a like a four con. It's like the four panel comic, where she like explains where I went to go get surgery, like what procedure I did, like how I, how did I feel? Because she talked about how she felt when she was her, you know when she was her original gender and she was just like, this doesn't feel right. I don't like it. You know, it just feels weird. And then she talked about like nowadays where everybody's just talking about this and she's just like, damn it. I wish this was around when I was younger. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone this path, this weird windy path that people have told me how I was supposed to, you know, how, what I'm feeling. I mean, back in the day there was no prescribed path. No, there wasn't. So, and she talked a lot, and I, and I appreciate this. She talked a lot about, in Japan especially, where it's like a patriarchal society, where you meet a person, you get married, you have kids, you know, you take care of your kids, and then you grow old and then you die. And it was always male, female, have baby, productive member of society. And she was just like, I don't, what is, is it, is it wrong for me to like the person that I like? It's uh, always a difficult question. It's changing slowly, but... Always slow. <laughs> always slow. Not much you can do about that but yeah, in if some you... cases, but other times you can. Yeah, but if you find ever find that The Bride is a Boy, you'll read it. Is it available online? I think it's available It's available online, but it's also available on Amazon. There's only one volume, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. My person next is P. Craig Russell. I can't remember what the P stands for. You can't remember what the P stands for? Yeah, I suck. But um, okay. he started at Marvel back in the 70s yeah. and uh, was best known work was probably Kill Raven at that point. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't originate Kill no. Raven, but he came on the book eventually and he's probably the most well thought of artist who worked on that Kill Raven feature. Nice. Mostly because he got a couple issues, but he brought his own style to it. Um, you've heard of Craig Russell, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got, you know, since gone on to do many more comics and, uh, adaptations like Michael Moorcock's Elric of Melnibonet. This is not the first time I've said that name. <laughs> uh, if you listen to other episodes, you'll heard me mention it, but not that I've really ever gone over it. Uh, he's done some Batman stuff. He even did work on Sandman. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember the Ramadan issue? Yeah. That was him. Oh, that was him? Yeah. Nice. So, um, he's also done illustrations for many, many books. Yay. Oftentimes with Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and according to Wikipedia, he say he, he may be the first openly gay creator of mainstream comics. Oh, nice. Just throwing that out there. Just throw it out there. I don't know if it's true or not. It's Wikipedia. Yeah. You know, I'm going to deviate for okay. my next selection because, you know, we talked about independent people, talked about manga people. I'm going to talk about a person that I found on Webtoon, of all places. What's a Webtoon? What's a Webtoon? It's a, it's a service that you could download on your phone. You can read this, like those vertical scrolling comics. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is like we're huge not, now. Has, we're not sponsored by Webtoon. <laughs> no, we're so, not. Continue. I, I have a love-hate relationship with Webtoons. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna help our sponsorship that's not gonna help. no that's not gonna help no hashtag Continue please on. spawn <laughs> us um his name is uh song incolo he's from france what's a france what's a france okay no continue we're yeah. running out of time you know <laughs> it non i don't i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right but it's nantes france i discovered Nant. it non yeah not not nice not 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 none but uh yeah he's from France and I discovered him on Webtoon doing comics about him and his boyfriend and they're really adorable and I miss him and apparently Webtoon didn't agree with like the content of his comics or something like that and they just like told him to like hit the road and so now he does comics on Patreon and Instagram I guess start following him there yeah I know just love hate that's why I said this love hate relationship with Webtoon um, I guess they, they, they well do you know what the content that they specifically objected to was um, well he drew a lot of like I guess you know they felt was overly sexualized things right uh, and I was just like okay so, so non-invisible penises yeah <laughs> no you know what really made me bad about that though was the fact that they did that and then I was just like well I'm just gonna go three comics down and watch a person get his head ripped off thanks webtoon that's the American way, baby. <sighs> anyway, last person. So, finally, I have Jeffrey Catherine Jones. Uh, started drawing comics back in the 60s under the name of Jeff Jones. Oh. Um, avoided doing superheroes, so uh, don't look for their credits there. There's, you're not going to find any credits for her. But also provided many painted covers for books and comics. Nice. You know, stuff for, um, like, Warren, uh, Vampirella, uh Stuff for a couple of things for DC, that sort of stuff. Um, I think like uh, covers for like say House of Mystery and that sort of stuff. Sweet. Um, at one point, was actually called the greatest living painter by friggin' Frank Frazetta. Oh damn! Yeah, I know. Damn. Um, also married Louise Simonson, bef- well before she was Simonson, she was like Alexandra, I think, at that point. Oh. And then she became Louise Jones. And they divorced in the early 70s, and then eventually she married uh, Walter Simonson. Okay. Thus becoming Louis Simonson. Yeah. It's a convoluted road. Sorry for distracting you there, but I thought it was important to mention the other comic creator in the relationship. So, um, eventually, mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey also had uh, issues uh, struggling with uh, the gender that they were assigned to birth. Okay. And so, uh, uh, began transitioning in the late 90s. To become a woman, changed her name to Jeffrey Catherine Jones from what was before. Nice. Um, died, I don't know, ten years ago, I think. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate, but you know it happens. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my person. 
Um, that's 10 people. That's 10 people. That's 10 people. You guys, I didn't even know there were 10 people before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. There's really, I knew there was going to be a lot more than that. The problem is, is I don't necessarily know um, just by looking at a person whether or not they are LGBTQ or not because I don't really know. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. It's good to ask questions. Yeah, so I learned a lot. Yeah, it's good to figure it out. If you want to reach out and you are LGBTQ and you're listening, you can... Um, there's a couple of resources you can reach out to. Like, um, one of the people that I follow on Facebook is have a gay day. Just search for them on Facebook. They're really good. They do a lot of community work. The Trevor project, another good one. Do you know any, any others? No. Well, just look, you know what? There's always a person that's willing to listen and there's always a person that cares. So if you want to reach out and, um, talk to somebody, just, you know what? Just do it. It's, it's, it's good for you. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a story to tell. Somebody should be there to listen to it. Yeah. Except for the Salvation Army. Don't ever donate to the Salvation Army. There, I said it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Do Not sorry. Any, do Don't we, come for me. Got anything else to cover for this particular episode? No. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. We're going to come back with part two uh, next week. Next week. So, um... Until then, I've been Phil. I'm Sue. And uh, this was Pencil Listen. Bye. Mm-hmm.